This is Report to Wyoming. This show targets local issues that matter right here in Atrona County, where we talk to real people about their thoughts and ideas. This week I talked to Lisa Eads. She's a volunteer with the organization called Jason's Friends, located in Casper. My colleague Tom Morton joins us in the discussion about what the foundation does. Lisa is Jason's mother, whom the foundation is named after. She begins by telling us his story, one that is heartbreaking, but yet the genesis of the foundation that gives Wyoming family support when a child is diagnosed with cancer. Jason was our son. He was diagnosed with a brainstem tumor when he was eight years old. And we were here in Casper. We left Casper very quickly, uh, started in Denver, ended up in New York City, and spent the next 11 months, a lot of our time away in New York City. Uh, He underwent surgeries and chemo and radiation and just a horrible ordeal. It was a a tumor called a pontine glioma, which is a brainstem tumor. And uh, sadly, at the age of nine, 11 months after his initial diagnosis, he passed away. It was November 11th of 1995. And it was shortly after that time that the idea for Jason's Friends was born because we were seeing other families like us that had to leave Wyoming. Back then, and it's true today, there is no primary cancer treatment for kids in our state. So people leave Wyoming very quickly, like us, like we did back then, and it's still true today. And so the idea was born. I wasn't involved right off the get-go. But uh, eventually they reeled me in, and I've been a volunteer for the organization ever since. When did you get involved? I would say I got involved later in 1996, probably about a year after his passing. So that kind of touches on my next question, and that was kind of giving listeners a picture of what it's like being a parent of a cancer patient. It's unbelievably difficult. I mean, your life is forever changed the moment you hear the, the diagnosis of cancer. And it's your child, and it's just it's hard to define the, the helpless feeling and, I mean, just the, the urge to try to fix everything and realize, you know, it's your child, and try as you might. In our case, we weren't able to fix it. We felt like we went to the best place in the world that we could go to. We saw a pediatric neurosurgeon who people from all over the world were coming to see. But, um, you know, sadly, his diagnosis and it's still true today, 95% of kids don't survive a year after they're diagnosed with a pontine glioma. Is that because children aren't fully developed? They Is that just because they are children, or is it or that the cancer can spread faster, that these diseases more? I would say in Jason's case, um, and again, it's still true today, a pontine glioma is just one of the most difficult the diagnosis that we've got because it's in the brain stem and it's just a very difficult place to get into surgically without causing a lot of damage you know in his case he had to relearn to you know he had an eye that wasn't tracking right and after the initial surgery he had to learn to walk again and talk again and swallow again and I mean it's just a horribly invasive surgery Um, You know, the good news is we've made a lot of progress in a lot of childhood cancers um, since 1995. I've been involved in the cancer world, if you will, Um, since that time. I have been co-chairing the Wyoming Cancer Coalition since 
the early 2000s. And um, the good news is there's a lot of childhood cancers that are very, very treatable. This isn't one of them. In terms, I guess, I guess maybe to rephrase this, if that same diagnosis happened with an adult, would it still be as difficult? It's more of a childhood cancer at the average age, is right around nine years of age, that it, it strikes. And we don't see that one so much in adults. We see other brain tumors in adults. And, you know, sadly, anything, be it a child or an adult with a brain tumor, it's tough. And to touch on your point about not having primary caregiver for cancer patients? What happens when you're diagnosed in Wyoming, you really need to be at a specialized cancer center for children. And our closest cancer centers for children would be down in Denver and over in Salt Lake City. So we've got primary children's in Salt Lake City. We've got Denver children's down in Denver and then Presbyterian St. Luke's down in Denver, which is actually now called Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children. Primarily, I would say 90 to 95 percent of our kids travel to those two major medical centers for primary treatment. And then they stay there or they keep going back there for their treatments and then any kind of follow-up care. Um, we have a few that go further. We've had a few in Minnesota. We've had a few on the East Coast, one down at Mayo in uh, Phoenix right now, actually. Um, we've got 152 families that are currently enrolled in our program. You touch on cost, too, because I was trying to picture what it's like as a parent in terms of travel, but then even after procedures are over, there's aftercare. And that's what's been so amazing about Jason's Friends Foundation, the support that we've received from so many incredibly generous donors. We're able to help these families for the long haul. So we jump in and we get them where they need to go for treatment. Again, that's typically Denver or Salt Lake. But then we cover things back home in Wyoming, things like house payments, rent payments, utility payments, car payments, insurance payments. Um, and we're not just one and done. We are there for the long haul with these families. We just recently started doing insurance deductibles. And so that's an annual thing. You know, deductibles have changed a lot since 1995, and they've gotten bigger and bigger. And so we're able to jump in with these families and help with deductibles. There are no income requirements to be part of our program. Really, the premise is that a Wyoming family shouldn't have to lose everything they own because they've got a child with cancer. So if you're a family with a $500 apartment rent payment or if you've got a $2,000 a month house payment, we're going to jump in and we're going to help you and we're going to be there for as long as it takes. And we've got some families that are gone for over a year that can't even come back to Wyoming. But we're making sure month after month after month those bills are covered and they've got a home to come back to. I'm just curiously, what are the most common childhood cancers? I would say that we see more of the blood cancers, things like leukemia. But our program is very specific to um, childhood cancers, brain tumors, and spinal cord tumors. So we're covering those as well, and those are Wyoming children up to age 21. And this is perhaps a bit difficult, but it would seem that we're, we're talking a huge amount of money with that, that inter I mean, you mentioned house payments and all that stuff. Do you, when you are allocating your resources, how do you make those decisions? I mean, it almost sounds like triage, but for want of a better term. You know, the good news is 
that we're in a position right now where we're not really having to allocate resources. We're in a good position, and we're poised and ready to take on any additional Wyoming families that need our help. Um, again, the support has been fantastic. Many individuals coming out to help. We've got grants. We've got just tremendous support, and we're able to be there for these families, not only during their treatment, but also um, when they go back for some follow-up care. Sadly, we pay for funeral expenses, and we've covered a number of those as well. Talking about money in a situation like this does come off as a bit uh, bloodless, but what are, I mean, I know Bowl for Jason's Friends is a huge thing for a whole bunch of reasons, but what other what are your other sources of support, say, American Cancer Society, that kind of thing? Bowl for Jason's Friends is a big part of that. That probably covers about half of what we spend on families. Last year, our family expenditures were close to $800,000. And then additionally, we get a lot of things donated, and we're very good at you know trying to get things in as tight a budget as we possibly can. Other things, we, we write for grants. We've got big donors that just donate to us every year. I mean, it's, like I said, the support has been amazing. We've been able to spend, in family expenses since inception, it's been over $8 million. Now, in the beginning, we didn't have near as many families because we were growing and growing, but it's it's gotten bigger and bigger, which is a good news, bad news thing. More families are finding us because the social workers at the Denver hospitals, the Salt Lake hospitals, are aware of what we're doing. So we're getting those referrals, and the families are getting to us, for the most part, in a very timely manner so we can get in there and help them, and they're not in a position where they're about to lose their home. We're keeping them from ever losing a home. We've never had anyone lose one after our under our watch. Good. Are you able to meet the demand, or is there ever a moment where the foundation doesn't have enough funds to help everyone? No, we're able to help everybody that needs it. You know, it's, again, I go back to the generosity of so many people, and we're just the lucky ones that get to help with these funds and get it out there. But, no, I mean, every month, you know, the, the families on a weekly basis are submitting their bills, so we're paying directly to the providers, so we're paying directly the house payments, uh, you know, the rent payment, the utility payment, the car payment. Instead of just giving the family the money, we give that directly to the provider. So it's, everything's very accounted for. Is it just Wyoming families? It is strictly Wyoming families. When we started back in 1995, we were Casper only, and we really didn't have much money at that point. We were all volunteer, and we were just trying to ease the uh, the family's burdens, if you will, but very quickly we realized it was financial assistance that they needed. And actually, it was back in 1995 that we saw a Casper family that lived over near Crest Hill School. They had three children. One was diagnosed with cancer. This was before we had schools of choice around here. And Jason's friends didn't have the money at that point, and we witnessed this family um, lose their home. They had to move into subsidized housing in the northern part of Casper. Their children had to change schools from Crest Hill to, which was a very desirable school at that time, still is, um, to a new school. They had to go to North Casper Elementary. And then the worst thing happened, they lost their child. And it was 
kind of at that moment that we decided we have got to fundraise because this is never going to happen again under our watch, and and it hasn't. And I guess that, for me at least, transitions into um, the matter of care. I mean, in, in other words, we don't have the kind of specialists that people would find in at Mayo or Denver Salt Lake. Do you see any movement on that front? I mean, we're a small state, you know, and and this kind of specialty, you know, is special. So I'm just kind of wondering, what do you see on the actual treatment front? You know, I think there was a time that I thought it would be wonderful to have um, a specialized childhood cancer clinic or treatment center here in Wyoming. But the reality is they really do need what these bigger centers have to offer. Now, the good news is we do have a pediatric oncologist, Dr. John Van Dornick, who is out of Presbyterian St. Luke's. He does come into Casper and uh, does a clinic once a month, and that's beneficial for families that are doing some follow-up care, and they can come and see that doctor. But that's kind of the extent of it. I mean, for the most part, and that's why it's so critical that Jason's Friends is doing what it's doing. They do need to travel. And they've got to travel a long ways to to get the the treatment they need. In terms of again, what these major centers have in terms of, hey, I need this, and you know, I'm I'm a doctor, I need something such and such, and we don't have it here, so yeah, it makes sense down there. Is there anything, say, on a more general level, that? in terms of diagnosis and stuff here that's improving? Does that make sense? The, uh, In other words, a specialist is going to be needed eventually, but in terms of early detection, is that kind of stuff available here? You know, for pediatric cancer, I would say that, you know, sometimes it is the pediatrician that makes that diagnosis. Oftentimes it happens in an emergency room when they're, you know, showing you know, low blood counts or any number of things can show up in the emergency room. And they leave Casper very quickly. They leave Wyoming very quickly um, as soon as that happens. Wow. And you said this year you are helping 150 families? 152 families are currently enrolled, and those are Wyoming families with children up to age 21. Have you seen um, an uptick in the number of families that are reaching out for help, whether that's because more people are finding finding out about it or also because it's becoming more prevalent? I think it's more about finding out about us. I feel like I work with the State Department of Health through the Wyoming Cancer Coalition and we monitor cancer numbers in our state. And I feel like the numbers are pretty consistent with what they were 20 years ago, but what we're finding is that more of these families are finding us now, which is a good thing. So they're getting the help they need. Yeah, when I looked at the Wyoming Health Department, they had a chart of um, cancers across the board and all ages in 2019, and leukemia alone was 100. I don't know how many of those were children. They didn't have it. So... It's kind of hard to tell, but yeah, I was just kind of wondering if that's 
seems to be a common number in the hundreds for children. I would say annually that, no, that's not. Of the 152 families that we have enrolled, those are across the spectrum. So some of those are newly diagnosed. Some of those may be a year or two into their journey. Some of them might be at year five and they're just going for rechecks, but they're still relying on Jason's Friends Foundation to help them get where they need to go or help back home. And, uh, and you know, and the good news is we, we have a lot of good stories. A lot of kids do very well. And so there, there does come a point where the good news is they're not needing Jason's Friends Foundation anymore, and uh, so there's a little bit of a weaning process, and um, and they get back to living their wonderful Wyoming lives. In terms of uh, assistance, what other agencies, you mentioned the Department of Health, but are there other nonprofits either locally or statewide that you work hand-in-hand hand with on all this? Well, well, I guess what I need to tell you is that there, there are no other organizations in our state that are doing what we're doing for Wyoming children with cancer. And we know that because the social workers down in Denver and Salt Lake are absolutely amazed that we're able to do what we can do for these families. When they have a Wyoming family come into them, they, they tell them, you know, you're actually very lucky because in Wyoming you have an organization called Jason's Friends Foundation and you're going to be okay. To narrow that down, say in terms of, of housing assistance, there are outfits like uh, Interfaith and so on and so forth that do that. Or is it just, you're pretty much, um, I don't mean to be crass by this, the sole provider. Well, I would say that that would be accurate because, no, we're not reaching out to any other organizations to help. So mm -hmm. we, we receive a house payment from somebody and or request for a house payment and we pay the house payment. And uh, again, no income requirements for families. The idea is just to keep you living the lifestyle that you were living prior to your child's cancer diagnosis and make sure you don't lose everything because you've had a child diagnosed with cancer in Wyoming. What are some of the success stories? I mean, in terms of a child is diagnosed with cancer, the family has got to get to Denver immediately and so forth, and the child recovers. I mean, what I presume there are children who do recover from all this. Oh, the majority of our kids do recover, so that's the good news. There's a lot of very good stories. You know, sadly, we, we lose children every year, but we have many more survivors. And um, so, yeah, so it's, it, it's exciting. We, they get to ring the bell down at their cancer treatment center, and they're not out of the woods. They're going back for follow-up for several years. Um, sadly, childhood cancers, it's a lifetime of monitoring it because there are a lot of after effects from having had childhood cancer, from having gone through the treatments they go through for childhood cancer. So it's sadly, it's a lifetime, but we're going to make it easier for that family while they go through the initial journey. So, for example, someone that Jason's friends may have helped in the year 2000, Okay, so it's 20, we're 23 years on. That child was, say, 10 at the time. They'd be, what, 33 now. Um, how are they doing? I mean, I, I can't see being 33 and having to deal with whatever was in the past. So what, what kind of after effects would there be those children who are now adults? Secondary cancers that can show up later in life, fertility issues for both 
men and women as they're adults, and just some other physical deficits from what they've been through. But not for every one of them, but it's something that they'll continue to carry with them through their lives and, and you know, be, be aware of that it's, it, it's usually a pretty good story, though. Have you ever had, say, someone who was 10 and 2000 is 33 now who comes back to you and says, you'll help me, I'll help my family, uh, we didn't lose our house, what can I do? Oh, absolutely. We have several of those kind of families. Certainly not a requirement that you have to come back and give, but we have a lot of those that do that. In fact, one of our, um, we've got an eight-person board for Jason's Friends Foundation, and one of our board members um, is exactly that. It's a a family that went through it back in the early 2000s, and their son is a survivor. He's doing wonderfully, but they went through a lot, and she feels compelled to be part of it and she's an amazing volunteer not only on the board but helps with bowl for jason's friends and everything else and neat family and yeah a great example of of wanting to come back and help this is kind of unrelated but when a child does get cancer are they able to go back to school right away what happens there does the does one parent effectively have to just give up their job if they had a career well and that's Again, the beauty of what Jason's Friends is about, because oftentimes one parent, sometimes both, do have to leave a job to be with their sick child. And so we're able to jump in and make sure they maintain everything they've they've had. The teacher um, in me is, like, worried about education. What happens with schooling? That's definitely an issue. And, um, you know, I think that's gotten a little bit better with some of the remote learning that we've had to do over the last few years, but that's certainly been an issue. A lot of the, they have, for some of the kids, they'll have some tutors that are available, the different cancer treatment centers, particularly for those that are gone long-term. Right, because if you're hopeful that it will be a success story, um, you don't want them to get too far behind, but it would be hard, too, to grapple with, my kid's sick and they need to just relax and enjoy today as much as they can and I wonder that's got to be so tough so I don't know I think it is and I think you know we're lucky in a state like Wyoming I feel like we've got some pretty amazing educators and schools throughout our state and they seem to do a pretty great job of dealing with these kids I know the Cancer Coalition points people to a lot of resources for all the things that come up when you do have cancer. So are there any other resources for parents or children with cancer? We actually have a section on our website that is full of different resources for families. There's a lot of different stuff that's on there. Would you tell us about Camp Courage? Well, Camp Courage Wyoming, I would say, is one of the really fun things that we do within Jason's Friends Foundation, not that, uh, not, you know, helping families with their day-to-day living expenses is very important, but uh, Camp Courage Wyoming is an amazing event that we do. It happens every year. It's a camp for the entire family, so it's designed for the child with cancer, siblings, parents. We spend a long weekend up at, uh, Union Pass up out of Dubois at Crooked Creek Guest Ranch. And we bring these families in at no cost to them. Again, some very generous donors make all this happen, and they come together 
and they get to just have a blast. They ride horses and they do four-wheelers and hiking and crafts and, you know, all the stuff you do at camp. They can, you know, they can talk about cancer. They can get away from cancer. We actually have a pediatric oncologist who's part of the camp. It's just an amazing, wonderfully fun experience for these families and they love it. We actually have it coming up. Um, it's it's early August every year. We're going on our 10th year. That's what I was going to ask. 10 years, how did that become a thing? You know, it was actually began as a partnership between the Wyoming Cancer Coalition and Jason's Friends, and then it ended up falling on Jason's Friends to keep it going. But it's just been a wonderful networking experience, if you will, for these families to come together. They come in on a Friday and they, you know, really don't even know each other. And by the time they leave Monday, they're hugging and, you know, it's a lot of tearful goodbyes and exchanging of information and um, just a, a really great experience and, you know, kind of a chance to to get away from things, too. And be around people who have the same struggles and absolutely the same thing. Yeah, I'm sure that that just kind of camaraderie is really special. It's, it's a special weekend. Was there anything I haven't touched on that is um, burning in your head? We're, we're just beginning a new partnership with Wyoming Cancer Coalition and the University of Wyoming and Jason's Friends Foundation, where we will be addressing some mental health issues or some counseling for our families. And we're kicking that off within the month, and it's going to be available through Jason's Friends Foundation. And the idea is to help the child with cancer, siblings, and parents, and kind of help with some counseling for them. And it's a pretty neat partnership through the University of Wyoming. Nice. And the partnership, how does that work? Is it funding or is it resources? It's both. They will provide grad student counseling for our families. It'll be under the professors at the University of Wyoming, and they will charge a small fee directly to Jason's Friends Foundation, so it will be available at no cost for our Jason's Friends families. So another resource that's available to them, and the whole idea is to reach out and help them as much as we can. Anything else as far as the vision of Jason Jason's Friends in the future? You know, I think the other thing I just wanted to touch on a little bit is a partnership we've got with an organization called Brent's Place. And Brent's Place is down in Denver. They are our primary housing facility for our families that go down to Denver. And I guess I would kind of compare it to a Ronald McDonald, but say that it's maybe a Ronald McDonald on steroids because it's it's long-term housing, it's apartments, it's short-term housing too. We actually have a floor at Brent's Place that's called the Jason's Friends Floor. And when they get off the elevator, they feel very much at home because there's Wyoming everything in there. There's pictures of the Tetons and Devil's Tower and, uh, you know, all the Wyoming things that make you feel like you're in Wyoming and with Wyoming people. And it's an opportunity for our families from throughout Wyoming to come together and be on the same floor and if our floor is full and they ended up on another floor at Brent's Place they can't wait to get up to the uh, Jason's Friends slash Wyoming floor and they just provide a lot of resources for these families so we're pretty excited to, 
to be working with them and to have that kind of facility available. But the exciting thing is we're actually working on a Brent's Place project over in Salt Lake City. So we'll have the same sort of thing available in Salt Lake as well. So that is in the works as we speak. Um, so Very exciting. The other thing that I feel pretty strongly about is that we're mostly volunteer. So I've been a volunteer since day one, and most of the rest of us are volunteer. We only have three half-time paid staff. So the monies that come into Jason's Friends Foundation truly do go back out to help our Wyoming families. Our costs are minimal. Do How do people reach out if they would like to volunteer? I would encourage anyone that wants to volunteer to reach out to jasonsfriends.org. Uh, we've got a Facebook page as well, so you can reach out to us in that way. Do you guys have a physical location? We do. We are here in Casper at uh, 340 West B Street. Right. Half a block from you. <laughs> yeah, I could have nice. walked up here. So if people wanted to donate, where would they go? Um, we would encourage anyone that wants to donate to go out to jasonsfriends.org, and there is some information there, certainly about Jason's Friends and about how you can donate. I would also encourage people to keep their eyes open. We will be coming up on our 26th annual Bowl for Jason's Friends event, and that will happen in early March of 2024. We look forward to having about a 1,000 people coming out that day to Bowl for Jason's Friends, and it's a great way to help out the organization. It's fun. It's a big, huge volunteer effort that day, and a uh, fun way to help Jason's Friends. This has been Report to Wyoming, presented in the public interest by Town Square Media.